Hello, and welcome to Fangraphs Audio, episode 956. On today's show, David Lorela welcomes Rob Kaminsky, former first-round pick in St. Louis Cardinal. David and Rob first spoke back in 2014, and although he is just 27 years old, Rob has plenty of stories from his time in the game so far. We hear about what it was like to come up with players like Carson Kelly, Alex Reyes, Lewis Head, and former Fangraphs Audio guest Cole Solser, among others. Rob also talks about considering playing overseas, striking out Joey Votto, and just how special it was to make his Major League debut with the Cardinals. Yeah, just being in the clubhouse with, with Yachty and Wayno and, and Carpenter and just guys that you just feel like are bigger than baseball, but they're the last people to think of themselves as bigger than baseball. Like he, Yachty and Wayno, all those guys would treat me the same and the other rookies that year because there was like six or like – there was a bunch of rookies. It was a strange year. And they would treat us the same as they treat each other, whether it be on the bus, whether it be in the hotel, just just all around, just people you hang out with that you say, wow, I want to be more like them. Like, you don't come across those many guys in uh, in any profession, really, in life. You know, you come across a few. But I can honestly say, like, St. Louis was a, a pretty special place to get to debut. You got guys, I mean, Goldie, just guys like that. And it's like, you see them put their head down, but they, they treat everyone very well. And I was very, very happy to, to debut with the team that drafted me, even though it was a interesting route. But before we get to this interview, I must issue my weekly reminder to check out the Fangraphs.com shop. Not only can you find our merch, but we also of course offer our Fangraphs ad-free memberships. They are truly the best way to not only browse the site, but to support it in everything we do, including this podcast. Thank you for everything. Enjoy the show. Hey, baseball fans, this is David Lorla. My guest is Rob Kaminsky, uh, former first-round draft pick, former St. Louis Cardinal, and currently a minor league free agent. Rob, thanks for coming on to uh, Fangraphs Audio. Yeah, no, I I appreciate you guys having me. Rob, we first spoke uh, way back in 2014 when you were in the Midwest League. You know, that's nearly a decade ago. Somehow, I just looked this up, you're 27 years old? I have to admit, I was a little surprised when I saw that. Yeah, sometimes I get surprised too, but I've been around a minute. But uh, yeah, I'm just turned 27 in September, so this whole upcoming season I'll be 27. So not too old. No, not not for baseball certainly, but you have been around, I think, for several minutes. You know, your career has maybe not gone exactly as you might have anticipated when you were drafted. Yeah, I don't think anyone's career goes exactly as anticipated besides, you know, certain pretty unique individuals. But, uh, yeah, I've had an <clears throat> interesting career. I've had the luxury of being with three good organizations. So definitely fortunate in that regard. And I'm very fortunate to, you know, continue trying to play. So I'm, uh, I'm healthy and then ready to contribute. So that's most important. But, yeah, I'm not uh, one to, you know, rehash my career, if that makes sense, on the, uh, on the regular because – I think to a certain point, I think adversity is a good thing, and I've, I think everyone faces their fair share. So it's not much to, uh, you know, think of yourself or your story as unique. I think it's more no. of a what's next type of no. Uh, thing. No, for sure, and and we'll touch on on what is next. Although it's it's uh, I should bring up though that the 2014 article that I wrote about you, I believe was titled "A Young Cardinal's Learning Curve." So I think it's safe to say that one thing you have learned over the years is that, you know, pro baseball does have a lot of peaks and valleys. Absolutely. I think um, I want to say that was 2014 after the season, right? We talked. 
I believe we talked right at the end of the season, yes. Yeah, got you. No, I was actually, from what I remember, that was a good year. I was still a starter then. You know, going into that season, I didn't really know what pro ball was. Like, I didn't understand the minor leagues. I didn't – I just showed up every day, and, and I really enjoyed my time with my, my, my first uh, round with St. Louis because, as you know, they're a very good organization. They do things the right way. And I was very fortunate to be drafted by them and to, to learn from, you know, some of the older guys at the time. So, all things considered, I've been, I've been very uh, – I don't want to call it lucky and, and diminish myself, but I've, I've been very fortunate and very – had some lucky circumstances, if that makes sense. And you had some very good seasons early on in the minors. Let's talk, Rob, about a few of the teammates that you had in those early years in the Cardinals system, because I, I think some pretty interesting guys. Your first full season included, uh, for instance, Alex Reyes and, and Carson Kelly. You know, what are your memories of those guys? Yeah, Carson was uh, just learning to catch, believe it or not. It's pretty funny to say that now since he's – you know, starting catcher in the big leagues for a few years on a few different teams. But he was always a super down-to-earth guy, worked his tail off. And I could you know, we haven't kept much in touch, to be to be frank, but nothing but easy to root for guys. And especially Alex. I'm still good friends with Alex. He's one of my close buddies in pro baseball for sure. And it was pretty interesting going back as a, you know, 25-year-old re-signing with St. Louis as a minor league free agent and then getting to debut with, alongside Alex was a really cool uh, event for me just because I know how hard he's worked and he's been through he's been through the ringer with injuries as well so it was, he was super happy for me and and I've always been happy for him and you know I talked to him to this day so I think he's going to surprise a lot of people with how good he can still be and how good he will be so I'm excited to watch his career another teammate that you had then who will be looking to you know, do some big things in uh, in the KBO. Actually, it was Robert Stock. I played with Stock in uh, 2014, I think, in my first year. He was, I think, he was originally drafted as a catcher. You could correct me if I'm wrong. He was like the he was like the next big you know catcher, I believe. And he was he was pitching in 2014 in High A. No, I'm sorry, that was Low A then. That was Peoria, which is now High A in the Midwest League. But he was uh, he had a tough year that year, if I remember. So it has been pretty wild to see how successful and how, you know, he's worked his, his tail off to get to where he's at and then to, to go over to Asia is a really cool accomplishment. So I should reach out to him and, and congratulate him. That's uh, He's been through the ringer as well with, with different injuries and ups and downs, like you were saying. I think I think it's really cool to see him succeed now. Yeah, as I believe I've mentioned to you before, though, that I was in San Diego a few years ago when he was with the Padres, and someone actually suggested that I that I talk to Stock. That he's uh, an interesting dude. So interesting is the it, one word you could describe Stocker for sure. He's an yeah, interesting cat, but he means well. He's uh, he's a good representative of baseball, I think, and I think he's going to do really well in the KBO. Yeah. Do you have any good uh, Robert Stock stories? Or, or I don't know if many are appropriate, to be honest. But I only played <laughs> with him for a few months, but he was uh, – I'm trying to think of something. That now you're, you're aging me. You said I wasn't that old, but dang, that was seven years ago now. Almost eight. You always knew he was going to be successful, but you just didn't know in what. Because he was very articulate and very, very interesting individual. But I'm glad he, he stuck with baseball. And now he's – like I said, he's going to go have some success over in uh, Korea. Yeah, have you ever considered going over to play in Korea and Japan if uh, pro ball doesn't work out? Yes, sir. I think um, 
at a certain point in everyone's career, especially someone, you know, this is year this is year nine for me. I would I would love to go over there. I think it'll be a unique experience. I think it'll be cool to be, you know, soaking in another culture. I think it's a really good baseball, obviously, over there in Japan, Korea, Taiwan. And I yeah, I would definitely be open to it. Like I said, I think it'll be a awesome personal experience and professional as well. And that said, you are of course talking to teams in this off season and are hopefully playing uh, in the in the big leagues this season. Yeah, no, that's that's the goal for sure. I had my uh, cup of coffee up there, but you know, it just makes you want it even more. If that makes sense, it's just kind of uh, yeah. That's definitely the goal: get back to the big leagues, stay in the big leagues, and then go from there. And the arm feels good. Yeah, arm feels arm feels money. So I, I got no complaints. I've had a uh, really good off season down at uh, Cressy Sports for the beginning. Then I came home for a few weeks, which is New Jersey. I actually got married, so that was awesome. And then I'm heading back to Cressy's in actually a week from today. So I'm excited to get down there, throw on some dirt mounds, and continue my uh, development, which is a funny word to say at 27. But with all my uh, missed time with injuries and whatnot, I feel like I still have a lot of room to grow and. I think I'm finally reaching that point. Yeah, I recall you uh, telling me a few years ago that when you were pitching in Cleveland, you were down around 86, 87, 88 miles an hour for a while. Yeah, I was. Uh, I don't even. I don't. I, I've had that a few times in my career early on, especially as a starter. But I was lucky to be with Cleveland when it happened because they uh, they do things the right way over there. They they fixed me up. They didn't throw me out. You know, they said we know you could be you know, really good. That's why we traded for you. So just work with us. And to their credit and to my own, I kind of put my head down and swallowed my pride and did everything they asked. And I came back throwing really hard and had, had a really good had a good uh, minor league career over there. So I got nothing but good things to say about uh, the Guardians now. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, of organizations, you were in the Phillies organization last year, but only pitched in one game. You know, that was in, in AAA. You know, what happened there? Yeah, I signed uh, a little late in April. I was down throwing uh, live bullpens down at Cressy's, the, the gym I'll be working out with again. And uh, the Phillies saw me and, and sent me to the alternate site in April, I believe, beginning of April, mid-April maybe. And I got down there and was throwing well at the alt site. Well-ish, I should say. Not too great, to be to be honest. I was in AAA, threw one inning, went well. Had some good stuff, a couple of strikeouts. And then I kind of just had a uh, a bone chip that had to be removed. So luckily, you know, got it earlier or whatnot. And even more lucky, I had a pretty easy rehab and ended up getting let go by the Phillies on August 5th. Just like I probably had three weeks left of rehab. I was about to get off a mound maybe in a week or two. And then I was, I was driving across, you know, Got released in the morning, and I was working out at Cresties that night, throwing up 150 feet, if I remember, and then off a mound a week later, and simulated about six weeks of outings down there with Rapsodo numbers and video and all that to send the team. So I can't really complain with uh, with with how anything was handled. I, I think it just didn't work out with uh, Philly for the, for the time being, and um, I was happy to get down to Cresties and work with those PTs because they're uh, they're unbelievable. No, Eric and his staff certainly are, are fantastic. You mentioned your cup of coffee. I want to get to that in a minute, but let's circle back to a few more old minor league teammates. When you were in Cleveland, 
in double A. This is 2016, I believe. Eric Haas and Cole Salser were among your teammates. And uh, I've actually interviewed both this past year. Salser for Fangraphs Audio. So we're hitting that Erie. Is that Erie? What, what, no, what we, we played in Erie a lot, but we were with Akron. Akron. Yeah. 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 Akron's, uh, Akron's actually well, a, a very under underappreciated city. We actually, I think everyone that's played there said good things. Yeah, Erie, I guess, would be the Tigers. So apologies to, uh, I guess it's not the Midwest League, but to my Ohio listeners. Yeah, it's. I'm sure they'll forgive you. I hope so. Yeah, say a little bit about uh, Eric and Cole, because they have both stepped forward and had some really strong seasons. Yeah, I think Solser has one of the more unique pitch profiles in all the big leagues now. And I think Cleveland did a really good job of, of recognizing that and He's had an unbelievable turnaround, and, and he's he worked his tail off, and now he's one of the, I want to say one of the best relievers in in baseball by certain statistics. You you guys at Fangraphs know better than me, but he's got a super high spin fastball or slider. And one story about him, he came in, I remember I came in relief and ended up leaving with the bases loaded, no outs. I think we were in Harrisburg in Double A, so he just got demoted from Triple A. So you think he'd have you know a crappy attitude and be a little a little salty, but it was the complete opposite. I came out bases loaded, and I see him coming in. I'm like, all right, well, if anyone could punch out a couple of guys, it's him. And he actually struck out the side, and, and, and he didn't cash in any of my runs. So Solskjaer's always on my uh, good list. Yeah, and Cole, I believe, was an Ivy League guy. Yeah, he's Dartmouth. So, Dartmouth, and you were uh, a Jersey high school guy. Oh, we had we've had we had some good arguments in the bullpen, <laughs> just like any bullpen does. But those aren't for uh, for a podcast. <laughs> No, I'm sure not. And then no, Hossie, not to leave Hossie out. Haas was, uh, how can I explain Haas? If I've played with however many guys in eight or nine pro seasons, I could probably say Haas is one of the hardest workers. I know everyone that's in the minors is a hard worker, just to get to that point. But he was always the, this is going to sound cliche and silly, but he was legit the first one there and the last one to leave, even when he was, you know, batting 180, struggling in double A. I want to say he was 24. Four or twenty-five, so he wasn't exactly young for the for the for the league, and he would always have his head down, working, listening, showing up early to catch bullpens. I mean, he was the backup at one point. Went to the fall league, I think, in twenty sixteen, maybe twenty sixteen ish, and played like once or twice a week only there, and put his head down and worked his ass off. And look at him now. I mean, it's 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 awesome to see him succeed because no one deserves him more, and you know. I'm super happy seeing him play every day in Detroit. And you played on that team also with Lewis Head, who it's great to see him succeed because yeah, there's really. a rags to riches story in baseball this year. He was the man. Yeah, he he was literally you know selling solar panels. It's been all over the media. So I texted him after I saw that. I'm like, hey, is this true or is like you know the media running with this? He goes, no, I was literally like selling solar panels when the Rays called. I go, hey, that's that's unbelievable, man. Like, good for you. And honestly, kudos to the Rays for seeing something in someone that it sounds like 29 other teams didn't really pick up on. So it, it says a lot about their belief in their player development and willing to take on a 30 or 31-year-old with outlier stuff. And Lou, uh, you know, he was ready for that opportunity. So he showed up, and he's another one that every time you see him, you want, you hope he pitches well just because you know what he's been through. 
And then there is another Tampa Bay Ray who was who on that club, which is uh, J.P. Fireisen. He and I are both Packer fans. And you being a Jersey guy, I'm kind of scared to ask you which uh, NFL team you root for. Yeah, I grew up kind of a Jets fan, but nothing crazy. Now I'm more of a fantasy football guy. We've had a uh, – I got a good league with, you know, the same the same group of people for now, six-ish, five, six years. And a couple of guys you would know are in that league, actually, a couple of baseball guys. but. It's been a fun, fun league, and it kind of stripped away my fanhood, luckily, because the Jets are, are a pretty struggling franchise. Not as lucky as you with the Packers. <laughs> yeah, how many uh, Jets do you have on your fantasy team this year? I'm gonna be honest. I don't. I, I don't have any. I had a. I had a rough year, so I'm the last one to throw a stone at a. <laughs> had a rough fantasy season. I, I finished in dead last. Uh, so you probably do not have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. I do not. I wish I did though. <laughs> I think a lot of people would. Yeah, uh, your cup of coffee lasted about, I believe, a, a little over a month. This was August, and it was 2020. So that is, you know, the bad COVID season, of course. So you were pitching in front of no people, which had to have been uh, a little bit strange. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was very weird. It was reminiscent of the Florida State League at a time when they had no fans. And the day before I, I debuted, I was up and I was sitting in the bullpen. Like you could hear the catcher's glove from the bullpen. You know that's four hundred plus feet away. And Drew Andrew Miller pulled me aside. He goes, "It's kind of weird for you guys to like debut in this. Like you can't go get a steak dinner with anyone after your family can't see you." And I remember saying, "Like yeah, it's 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 definitely a weird way to debut, but it's it's better than not, you know." <laughs> but I remember him saying that he he pulled us all aside. A few guys that got called up in you know a day or two, and he thought it was really strange, but. He was, he was awesome to be around. And you had a 1-2-3 inning, uh, including a strikeout. You have three big league strikeouts, and I'm guessing that the first one is maybe not the most memorable. Yeah, yeah, Eloy was the first one. That was cool just to give my dad the uh, baseball because St. Louis did a really good job of keeping all the balls and marking them with you know special handwriting and whatnot. So my dad was super happy to uh, get that. But there was a... I got Votto on, I think, a 2-2 slider. That was a close call. And he ended up getting tossed. And it was like a five- or six-run game in the ninth, like late August. And he ended up getting rung up. And it's so weird like because there was no fans. So you could hear everything that was said. And it's not something I should probably repeat on a podcast. But he was uh, – that's pretty cool. I mean, he's a, he's a legend in in, uh, in baseball. And he's probably one of my favorite players growing up just – how he carries himself and whatnot. So it was cool facing him, and I was lucky to, uh, you know, punch him out on a borderline call. And, I mean, it was a strike, but that's besides the point. No, I have seen the replay. It, it did look like the pitch caught a little bit of plate. I think maybe he just couldn't get handled being uh, punched out by uh, by a rookie left-hander. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was probably the one pitch I could have got him on. I hung a slider, so luckily it didn't move much. I don't know if uh, Yadier Molina was catching you that day, but you certainly would have thrown to him. That would have to be a thrill for any pitcher. Yeah, just being in the clubhouse with, with Yadi and Wayno and, and Carpenter and, and just guys that you just feel like are bigger than baseball, but they're the last people to think of themselves as bigger than baseball. Like he, Yadi and Wayno, all those guys would treat me the same and the other rookies that year because there was like six or like – there was a bunch of rookies. It was a strange year. And they would treat us the same as they treat each other, whether it be on the bus, whether it be in the hotel, just just all around, just people you hang out with that you say, wow, I want to be more like them. Like, you don't come across those many guys in uh, in any profession, really, in life. You know, you come across a few. 
But I can honestly say, like, St. Louis was a, a pretty special place to get the debut. You got guys, I mean, Goldie, just guys like that. And it's like, you see them put their head down, but they, they treat everyone very well. And I was very, very happy to, to debut with the team that drafted me, even though it was an interesting route. But it was uh, Yachty's, Yachty's salt of the earth. I mean, you can't find a better person. And Adam Wainwright, of, of course, you know, has the great curveball. I mentioned earlier, uh, writing about you in 2014, the title being called a young Cardinals learning curve. Part of that title, of course, referred to the fact that at the time, the curveball was your pitch. It played a big role in you getting drafted. Yeah, I think that uh, I was think one that, of the only reasons that's, I that's, got drafted, to be honest. Yeah, that's changed over the years, though, right? You are not quite as much of a curveball guy? No, I've, I've developed more of a like a hard slider. Cleveland used to call it like a power curveball, so it's like a it was up to like 85, 86, 87, but it's like a short breaker. Like in high school out of the draft, it was like 77, 78, more 12-6. I think that's a big reason why St. Louis originally drafted me in 2013 because Brent Strom was there and he was a uh, – I think he really liked my breaking ball. And I kind of morphed it into a, a, a crappy curveball, and then luckily now it's it's gone into a you know above-average slider. So that's kind of what I've been focusing on this offseason, just – adding a little more horizontal movement to it and things like that. And you said that a lot of the work that you are doing is done at, at Cressy Performance. Yeah, I've been working with uh, Tread Athletics for my pitching uh, program. So they give me a schedule and they do a deep dive in your analytics and say what well, you need to do. It's pretty much like having a front office that's not a front office, if that makes any sense. And they recommended adding a sinker. So I've been developing my sinker. And it's I wish I did that four years ago, to be honest with you, because Right now, it's probably my best pitch this whole offseason. No, fantastic. Let's change direction to to close here, Rob. I know you've done a lot of charity work over the years. You also did a public service announcement earlier this year advising people to get vaccinated. Yeah, that was uh, important to me. My, my hometown hospital, uh, Englewood Health, they, they reached out to a few local athletes, and, and I jumped at the opportunity. I think it's... Uh, I mean, for me personally, it was a uh, it was a no brainer to get vaccinated. But I know people have their questions, so I figured doing that PSA, if I could help one person, you know, make an educated decision regarding the vaccine, I think uh, it was well worth, you know, an hour of filming. So I was very happy to do that, and I actually just got my booster a few weeks ago. So hopefully, Angwood called me back, and we uh, we could do another PSA for a booster because it seems like that's the uh, science scientific consensus. No, for sure. And you are currently, of course, talking to teams about landing uh, another job. Have any of them asked you about your, your vaccination status? I, I, yeah, my agent and I have uh, talked to a few teams now, whether it be here or uh, over in Japan or Korea or Taiwan, actually. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's brought up. Let's put it that way. I think it's, I think it's a question that any workforce would ask. Just to minimize risk at the workplace, especially a place like, you know, Major League Baseball where you're spending, you know, nine, ten hours at a field with a bunch of guys. And, yeah, it's the first thing that I tell my agent to tell is tell them I'm vaccinated, boosted, and I'll get a booster in, you know, six months, 12 months. Just try to keep everybody safe. And you, you never know. You never know if that can move the needle or no pun intended, you know. <laughs> yeah, so uh, fully vaccinated with a healthy arm an improved slider, a new sinker, and anxious to get back into uh, professional baseball. Yes, I appreciate it. <laughs> okay, super, Rob. It was great to catch up to you again, and uh, wish you uh, 
a healthy and uh, productive rest of, of the winter. Yes, I appreciate it, David. Thanks for having me. And thanks, everybody, for listening to uh, Fangraphs Audio. This has been Fangraphs Audio. Thank you to Rob Kaminsky for joining us, and thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the program, consider leaving us a positive review or sharing it with a friend or two. It is a great way to help us out. And don't forget to sign up for the Fangraphs newsletter. It is the best way to keep up with everything we have going on, free to your inbox every weekday. Be excellent to each other, and we'll talk to you next week.